I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, good to be with you on a uh, Monday, Payne and Pendergast. We are live in Lake, what is it again? Lake Worth? Lake Worth Beach. Lake Worth Beach, just, uh, just south of West Palm Beach, Florida. And we will be at uh, Astros Spring Training all week long. Um, Seth and I will be here. And we'll have you covered, obviously, on everything going on at the NFL Combine as well. Um, if anybody drops 71 points again on the Rockets this week, we'll have that covered. Damian Lillard scintillating. dropped yeah. 71 on the Rockets a, last if night. If you wake up and the only thing you see from it is on social media, there's a really bad carry that Damian Lillard had. Don't worry, they called it. Oh, good. Whole, yeah, oh, yeah. Good. There's all, I woke up this morning. Oh, and thank I'm God. Of, I was like, well, I thought they called that. And, yeah, uh, yeah the, the, you know, this um, – I don't know if I have to warn for earmuffs or not for this. Just earmuffs right now. But there's a Twitter account – uh, called Ballsack Sports. Yeah. And they put stuff out, and people, for whatever reason, even though it's called Ballsack Sports, think that they're 100% legitimate. Like, this is why, this is what's so scary about living in America today. It's not just like the people who are trying to sell you fake news yeah. that are successful, it's people that aren't even trying to sell you fake news yeah. that people are falling for it's it as actual news. Yeah. 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 Uh, so people are livid about a carry that was actually called. They called yes. it. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's good. But that was part of it. So he would have had 73 points. Right, right, right. Yeah, so yeah, Damian Lillard dropped 71. The Rockets lost, by the way. I, they, they, <laughs> I should point that out as well. <laughs> It'll be something that they gave up 71 to Damian Lillard and, and won the game. Tillman Fertitta got so mad, he put in a $5.5 billion bid on the Commanders. Said, That's it. I've had enough of this. I may have the sequencing out go, of whack. I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna buy a team that knows how to win. That's right. Yeah, the Washington Commanders. <laughs> Back in the 80s. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right. So, um, yeah, five, okay, this is where the disrespect comes in by the way yeah Tillman Fertitta they I every article I've read about this says like well Fertitta's not considered one of the lead uh, the one of the lead contenders for uh, successfully buying the commanders and I don't know they don't really explain it other than I think that he's just some hick yokel NBA owner from from that's Houston a, that's how we choose to who, read it that's how they oh yeah they think everybody in Houston plays the banjo and has a 10 gallon hat right and he's out you know shooting buffalo off of the back of a train right so you know that's what that's what we do here in Houston of course he was last seen on the streets of Mardi Gras in Galveston yelling pray for Victor right that too <laughs> it's like a combination of Yosemite yeah. Sam and like some banker from the 1920s let me be clear yeah. I loved it that he screamed pray for Victor on the streets in in uh, Galveston last week because that's what we're all doing right now. Jeff Bezos is prohibited from bidding on the Washington. Yeah, Snyder won't sell to him. Right, yeah. it's not because Bezos owns part of the Washington Post. And the Washington Post 
has they're they're the scum that have decided to report on things that like the Congress has been investigating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so yeah. said, "No, screw you, uh, you and your smear campaign." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, every no, but you can't find a single person to say that Snyder's an awesome dude, and yet no. uh, it's the Washington Post that's the issue. That's right. Um, all right, so. Um, yeah, we're live in in uh, in Florida here uh, at spring training. Big thanks to Shoppers John Deere for sending us uh, sending us down here. Um, the Texans announced their coaching staff finally. the uh, the the long The long wait was over, Seth. We uh, got D'Amico Ryan's hired back at the end of January. Here we are at the end of February, and his staff has been announced. Um, the The team put the list up on the website. I think the among the noteworthy things. Eight holdovers from the previous staff, yeah. which feels like it feels like a lot. And, and I would trust our feelings on this in Houston because we've now been through three of these in three years. So I feel like our senses are pretty well honed. Now, three of them are, no disrespect to these three coaches, they're lower level, you know, kind of assistant assistant guys, you know, video, video uh, guys who chop up video and things like that. Yeah. The names that are the most prominent, the guys who are actually position coach or hire are Frank Ross, the special teams coordinator, and then Danny Barrett, the running backs coach, Jacques Césaire, defensive line coach, Ben McDaniels, the wide receivers coach, and Dino Vasso, the cornerbacks coach. Yeah, and that's where I – you know, I'm cool with those guys sticking around for various reasons, but for one, it's that some of those position groups actually performed well. You know, Steven Nelson actually was a – kind of flew under the radar because the rest of the defense was so bad. You saw But Steven Nelson had a good year. Derek Stingley, you could – I, I don't think anybody is blaming Dino Vasso. I think it was just how Lovey Smith chose to use Derek Stingley that w- was the hard thing. Desmond there. King had a good year. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. The, the corners were all right. Desmond King's kind of built for the style of play that they wanted out of those guys. Come up and make yeah. make plays in the run game and do all that. But like Jock Cesare, the defensive line coach, he's been in schemes that are much like what D'Amico wants to do. Have defensive linemen that are super aggressive, get upfield, make something happen in the backfield. And then obviously, like Frank Ross is, like the special teams for the Texans were actually a really good unit. Really so good. I'm okay with um, a lot of that. The other part of it too is the, the hard thing about hiring an assistant coaching staff, and this goes back to something that Gary Kubiak had said when, when, the, when the, the drive interviewed him earlier this year, which is the importance of maybe being patient is you don't, timing is always the issue. A lot of the guys you really, really want are under contract somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not so easy to just go out and pluck all the position coaches you want because if they're good coaches, they might be on a good team or a team where the head coach is, is going to get fired next year. So you kind of try to mix and match and make some compromises and find the best guys you can. And and that's just the way it works out. Chris Strausser is the offensive line coach. That, to me, yeah. of all the position coaches – that is the one that I am honed in on because of you're probably going to have a young quarterback, so offensive line play is going to be important. The offensive line is actually one of the units on the team that overall <clears throat> probably performed better than the level of the team last year. Yeah. Um, they Now, they, they probably still haven't performed to the level that they should for a team that's got so much first-round draft capital and cap dollars invested in that position. For those who don't know, Chris Strouser, the new Texans offensive line coach, was the O-line coach in Indy for the last four seasons, from 2019 through 2022. If we recall, back in 2018, 2019, the offensive line for the Colts was pretty good. That's when they had drafted Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson. It was one of the better, if not one of the best, offensive lines in football. My question would be, and at this point it's just a question. I don't watch offensive line play enough to know what the answer to this question is, but... 
I do know this. The Colts were one of the worst teams in football last year. The Colts were one of the worst teams in football in part because their offensive line play was poor. They did not have a good offensive line last year, and yet it was largely the same guys that have been part of the offensive line the last several years yeah. when they were a good offensive line at the beginning of Strouser's stewardship over them. Why is it that in 2022, Strouser's unit in Indy played so poorly with largely the same guys? They, a lot of it really is has been based on injuries. There have been uh, guys that had shuffled around and then played with injuries. And, you know, I don't like making this excuse for the Colts while they're, while they're in season. But I had to concede it last year when the, the offensive line got better towards the end of the year, which is another thing where, like, they, I think they thought – I think at one point Ursay may have tried to credit Saturday with that. Uh, which I'm <laughs> sure he did. When it was all so like, okay, guys were banged up and then they got healthy. Yeah. So, yeah, back in Strasser's <laughs> first couple years. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know, he's also a doctor. He got them well again. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, he rubbed his hands <laughs> He together. went in there and he rubbed his hands together. and awesome. uh, What did Miyagi do with that? He, did the, he uh, rubbed the hands together and put it on Daniel-san's knee, and he made the knee good enough to go fight in the All-Valley really, Tournament Finals. That was a really annoying sequence for all that. You know what? I could argue a placebo effect to that part at least, but then that damn crane kick. I feel like a lot of kids got beat up in high school trying to trying, trying to, to do the, the, crane, crane kick, the crane kick. The crane kick. Like if you telegraph yeah. telegraph exactly what you are well, going to do. Yeah. Expose every other part of your body. No can defend. No can if do right. No can defend. What Mr. Miyagi didn't tell you. If do wrong, you get ass kicked. <laughs> that's, that's almost impossible. <laughs> Part of doing it right is hoping that the highly trained guy across from you decides to just come in, just charge at you kamikaze style, yep, yep. completely opened. Yep. Yeah, um, Colts offensive line. Yeah, so they're. Uh, I, I I think that you don't expect Strausser to come in here and be a Mister Miyagi. Yeah, um, but I don't blame him for the issues that they've had. Okay, good. Uh, the last couple of years, I feel better. They weren't, but they weren't as good in two thousand twenty-one either. So, uh, you know, the, the the offensive line coach for the Patriots... Um, uh, Dante Scarnecchia. Dante Scarnecchia is kind of regarded as the, uh, you know, the, the ultimate guru for uh, just getting any offensive line correct. But they also had high draft picks in New England when he was doing sure. that. And also when Scarnecchia left, they still had some good... It's, it's always a combination of coaching and personnel. The biggest thing that the Texans really, really need is a just a bona fide center. Like an actual a center who's... A center who's chosen to start for your team that year who, A, doesn't go AWOL, and B, was like would actually start for other teams. Yeah. And I mean, like the whole Justin Britt scenario last year was one where, all right, like a lot of people thought he was going to be out of the league or retired or something. He comes back and ends up being your named starter for two years, and then he also just disappeared yeah. a few games into the 2022 season. Yeah, we still, we've still never gotten closure on that storyline, have we? That was the one... Uh, that Lovey Smith promised promised us more of an explanation yeah, than we yeah. never did. We never did. The one thing Lovey Smith stumbled onto about modern football yeah. was that because everybody is very uh, appropriately sensitive about mental health issues and everything now, yeah. that as long as you say personal issues, oh, it's a then shield. everybody has yeah. to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, the whole thing in Alabama right now, it would go away if the Alabama coach would just say, just say personal, oh, personal reasons. Yeah, they had personal reasons Gave to show the up gun with a gun. For listen, reasons. listen, he's got personal reasons. We want to, uh, we want to respect his privacy. Yeah. I think you guys can understand that, right? Right, right. Yeah. So why did you do the greeting before the game where he had one teammate pat him down before? They him? have a story for that, which is that they've been doing that all year. Yeah, to, to simulate which, the MMA entrance. Yeah, yeah. which like, okay, but that's 
maybe you could stop doing it. Yeah, now. just yeah, 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 yeah. Read the room. Um, uh, okay. I think the room was fine with it. it uh, <laughs> I think the Alabama people in the actual arena oh, were yeah, fine yeah, with maybe. it. It's the, yeah, uh, it's the rest of the world. I've had enough Alabama people coming after me this weekend. Um, what can you tell us about Bill Lazor, the senior offensive assistant? Who were you teammates with him at Cornell? He was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay, yeah. did he put your head in the toilet and flush it? <laughs> no, <laughs> did he haze you. He was awesome. <laughs> okay. He was a class, he was a record setter, uh, record setting quarterback back. You know, back when it was actually hard to throw the football with the last name Lazor. Yes. Oh, that's awesome, awesome dude. <laughs> Laser. It was awesome. That was right. He should have. He should have transferred. Honestly, oh, yeah. With totally. a name like well, with a name like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he was. Yeah, he was a scrappy. Like uh, he was a scrappy quarterback who who broke a bunch of records as a passer before there was a spread offense and everything. So they've been obliterated since then. But he's been he's been an offensive coordinator several places in the NFL, and I, I would say with a couple different maybe overarching philosophies or yeah. schemes. You know, he was with Philbin in Miami. Worked with Tannehill. He was up in Chicago for two years. Um, but he's a senior offensive assistant now, and I don't know if he he's probably still getting paid by Chicago. Um, you know, they're one of these role, roles where a guy with a lot of experience comes in and, and can be an advisor or just, you know, almost, I don't want to say a consultant because he's full-time, but he's there is a, a sounding board in a lot of ways, I'm guessing. Yeah. I guess that's uh, the, the other thing that sticks out about this staff, Seth, as long as you bring up that advisory role. And this is something McLean had been saying this all along, yeah. knowing that they were probably going to hire a young, inexperienced coach. Is that you got to have a, an experienced guy who's been a head coach on the staff for him to bounce ideas off of and help him navigate the rough waters of being a head coach. They don't have any guy like that on this staff. They don't have a laser's like the closest thing to it on this staff. I feel like Romeo Cornell has an apartment in the South End Zone or something. Well, to be fair, Tomiko probably is – I mean, he can probably call Kubiak or Kyle Shanahan yeah. anytime he wants. Yeah, to. I wonder if on an informal – there are a lot of things that aren't announced necessarily yeah. where guys – remember, this happens with Vic Fangio every year. Like, it'll get revol re revealed at the end of the season or people will just catch on to it. Like, oh, he's actually been a consultant with the Ravens all year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Kubiak might – very well be on staff without us even really knowing yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even like on an informal basis. And yep. D'Amico's got – I mean, D'Amico – it's not like D'Amico lacks for mentors to call. Right. Whether it be Andy Reid or Chip Kelly oh, yeah. or any of these guys. All those guys, yeah. So the uh, so the Texans got their staff nailed down. Yeah, Bobby Slowick – okay, so the drive seemed to be concerned about the lack of experience on offense. I guess the, the part where I just – I'm fine with the crapshoot element of this is whenever I hear somebody say, well, they hired an offensive coordinator who's never called plays before. I'm like, yeah, the, every single awesome offensive coordinator was once an offensive coordinator. Nobody came out of the womb called calling plays. football yeah, plays. Like, yeah. Or if he did call plays, he called them in, in high school or college or in a preseason game or something. That's just the way it goes. So, yeah, there is an unknown element there. Um, but at, at one point or another, a guy's got to get elevated to that point where he's calling plays. You just hope that it doesn't end up being like a Nathaniel Hackett situation where the, oh. where the home crowd is counting down the play clock for the offense. <laughs> I had forgotten about that until I read that Russell Wilson article this weekend. Well, the, yeah, that was the one fun thing with the Texans this year was being a part of that whole parade of the, the Broncos kind of just – just not having a clue what was going on. Man. There were some elements to that in the Texans game. Too. Dude, little did we know. I'm just thinking about yeah. the Texans' early season schedule this year. They started off the season playing the Colts, the Broncos, and the Bears the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. Like, now looking back, like, 
Those are three of the worst five teams in football. It could have been way worse than even if, yeah, if they had started out on a different slate. It could have been better. It could have, you know, they they started out 0-2-1. Like, oh, my God, if they could – because I think that's – the beginning of the season, we're like, you know what? They're hanging in these games. They're uh, they're, they're they're playing these close games against – You know what? You know, I'll tell you what. Lovey Smith deserves more credit, by the way. Like that two point conversion became the entire story of oh my gosh oh that's a he's flipping off the team on his yeah. way out or whatever like but it it completely took away from that the real the real flipping off of the team was the tie in week playing one for a tie playing yeah. for the tie specifically yeah. instead of just going for the win ironically enough not going for the win was the genuine flipping off to the team ultimately um let me let me bounce this off of you here this is um this is a tweet from Dan Weederer, who is a Bears insider, he does some work for our sister station up there, 670 the score, um, tweeted this over the weekend. A draft-related nugget, and keep in mind, this guy covers the Bears, who have the number one overall pick. A draft-related nugget that has been popular in league circles of late. The Texans, with a new head coach and a fairly new GM, may, may be compelled to delay their big QB dice roll until 2024. File that away, he oh, says. Okay. Do you think that the Texans – does that pass the smell test that the Texans could come away from this draft having not drafted their quarterback of the future? Yes, I think that's possible. Yeah. I think that's very possible. Because, I mean, look, drafting a quarterback this year, obviously, there's a, there's a 33% chance that it's actually your quarterback of the future. A third of these guys work out. So um, no matter how awesome you feel about him, and – that's just the reality of it. So they might feel at this point that they don't feel strongly enough about any of these candidates that they're worth these spots. Um, or I could totally, I could, I could easily see them planning on drafting a quarterback with their second first round pick, the twelfth overall. If it's pick. yeah, or trading up if they like a guy or yeah. something. Yeah, but you've been watching some Anthony Richardson porn lately. Yeah, haven't you? yeah, 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 yeah. There's enough of the Anthony Richardson. Like Josh Allen has done enough for guys with high upside. Yeah, but scatter shot accuracy. Dude, Josh Allen's gonna kill t- twelve NFL teams yes, over the next yes. few years. Josh Allen is the Mitch Trubisky that worked out. Yes, Except that, I mean. Josh Allen always had a howitzer of an arm, just no no method or means. You know where of it was going. It. Now you know where it's going when he yeah. throws it. Yeah, no, I, that's it's like they grooved to the rifle for him after <laughs> when he got to the NFL. <laughs> yes. He was right. a shotgun. He was, he was a musket turned. He was into a, a horrible bowler that they allowed him to bowl with the bumpers <laughs> up from now on. Um, but yeah, but the twelfth. I mean, you're drafting a quarterback with the twelfth yeah. pick. It ain't going to be Stroud or Bryce Young. Um, somebody on the text line asked, "Why would they hire Kubiak as an offensive advisor? Didn't they fire him?" Yes, they did. Uh, as like the Carolina Panthers fired Dom Capers long ago, yep. and Dom Capers is now back with the Carolina Panthers. Everybody, I had a, <laughs> I had a, I had a coach once, uh, Frank Gantz Senior. Who was, yeah, he was awesome. He was one of my, my favorite coaches ever. He's a special teams coordinator. But he'd get up and he'd be like, what, you guys think I'm afraid of getting fired? I ain't no virgin. Every damn man in this guy in this business that's worth anything has been fired. You don't take it personal. It's on to the next job. And, um, and, and he's he, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, that could be for the most part. Yeah, everybody gets fired. Yeah. Uh, some point, you don't, you don't, you don't get too sensitive about it. Plus, it wasn't, it wasn't Cal McNair that marched into Kubiak's no. office and said, "Get your stuff, you're out." No. Well, here's the other thing. Um, the zero two six zero on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Yeah. Ben's got us. He's got us covered all the way back in Houston. Um. The text is, why would they hire – you read it, but why would they hire Kubiak as an offensive advisor? Didn't they fire him? It's not like after they fired him, he went into a hole for 10 years. I don't yeah. know if you noticed. He won a Super Bowl. 
as a head coach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Since he was fired yeah. by the, he's so somewhere. I get what you're saying. Like he was bad, so they fired him. Yeah, but somewhere along the way, he learned how to coach. Well, plus, okay, for the one thing too is I wasn't talking about him even specifically as just an offensive advisor, but as much as an advisor as a head coach, like a consigliere. Right, but like as as Bob McNair would say later on, it just felt like in that year Kubiak had lost control of the yeah. team. I, I differ with that opinion somewhat. I think sometimes that's a little easier of a picture to paint. The, like Part of the problem was you just drafted DJ Swearinger. Who like, nobody could control. Swearinger in that Jaguars game before Kubiak got fired was out of control, but there wasn't, like as the NFL would later prove, like, nobody's going to yeah, be able to control uh, DJ Swearinger. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's, it's not like they thought that Gary Kubiak was an idiot or anything. It was just like at that moment, it just it was time to change. Yep. There's a lot of really bright people that get fired just because it's time in the NFL. Quick text as a follow-up to the, the Texans holding off on a QB. <clears throat> the tweet from Dan Weeder, 0538 on the trailer wheel and frame text page. That's a bluff to pressure the Bears to hold on to the number one pick. It may very well be. And if it is, that's fine. I'm glad that smoke is out there, just to be clear. Anything that pressures the Bears into thinking, boy, we better keep this pick at number one so we can take Jalen Carter. We don't want to mess around with trading back. I'm good with. All right. Um, we, uh, we are off and running here on a, a full week of covering the Astros here at spring training in uh, West Palm Beach. Payne and Pendergast with you all week long. Adam Spillane's going to join us about an hour from now. He's over at the clubhouse doing all the, uh, the, morning, uh, the, the morning sound gathering from over at the stadium. He'll, uh, he'll be part of the scrum with Dusty Baker a little later on this morning as well. Shop is John Deere taking us down here to Florida for spring training. Up next, speaking of which, we will see something today at Astros Spring Training with our own eyes, me and Seth, that is basically like seeing Bigfoot. We will tell you what that is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 